Section 18 of Irish Fairy Tales by James Stevens. The Boyhood of Fion, Chapter 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Fanny Jahangiri. Irish Fairy Tales by James Stevens. But Fion was gone. He was away, bound with his band of poets for the Galtees. It is likely they were junior poets come to the end of a year's training and returning to their own province to see again the people at home, and to be wondered at and exclaimed at as they exhibited bits of the knowledge which they had brought from the great schools. They would know tags of rhyme and tricks about learning which Fune would hear of, and now and again, as they rested in a glade or by the brink of a river, they might try their lessons over. They might even refer to the organ wands, on which the first words of their tasks and the opening lines of poems were cut. And it is likely that, being new to these things, they would talk of them to a youngster, and thinking that his wits could be no better than their own, they might have explained to him how Ogham was written. But it is far more likely that his women guardians had already started him at those lessons. Still this band of young birds could have been of infinite interest to Fionn, not on account of what they had learnt, but because of what they knew. All the things that he should have known as by nature, the look, the movement, the feeling of crowds, the shouldering and the intercourse of men with men, the clustering of houses and how people bow themselves in and about them, the movement of armed men, the homecoming, look of wounds, tales of births, marriages and deaths, the chase with its multitudes of men and dogs, all the noise, the dust, the excitement of mere living, these to fume, new come from leaves and shadows and the dipple and dapple of a wood would have seemed wonderful and the tales they would have told of their masters their looks fats severities sillinesses would have been wonderful also that band should have chattered like a rookery they must have been young for one time a leinster man came on them a great robber named fiaquil macona and he killed the poets, he chopped them up and chopped them down. He did not leave one poetine of them all. He put them out of the world and out of life so that they stopped being, and no one could tell where they went or what had really happened to them. And it is a wonder indeed that one can do that to anything, let alone a bond. If they were not youngsters, the bold Fiaquil could not have managed them all. Or perhaps he too had a bond although the record does not say so but kill them he did and they died that way fion saw that deed and his blood may have been cold enough as he watched the great robber coursing the pose as a war dog rages in a flock and when his turn came when they were all dead and the green red-handed man trod at him fion may have shivered but he would have shown his teeth and laid roundly on the monster with his hands perhaps he did that and perhaps for that he was spurred. Who are you? roared the staring black mouth with the red tongue squirming in it like a fresca fish. The son of Whale, son of Pieshkina, quoth hardy Fion, and at that the robber ceased to be a robber. The murderer disappeared, the black-rimmed chasm packed with red fish, 
and precipices changed to something else, and the round eyes that had been popping out of their sockets and trying to bite changed also. There remained a laughing and crying and loving servant who wanted to tie himself into knots, if that would please the son of his great captain. Fion went home on the robber's shoulder, and the robber gave great snows and made great jumps and behaved like a first-rate horse. For this same Fiaquil was the husband of Bovmol, Fion's aunt. He had taken to the wards when Clan Biashkina was broken, and he was at war with the world that had dared to kill his chief. End of chapter 6